0: Thank you for tuning in to the True Grit and Grace podcast. I'm Amberly Lago, and I'll be sharing inspirational stories of resilience and empowering ideas to elevate your business and your life, ignite your passion and fuel your purpose. Thanks for tuning in to True Grit and Grace. I'm so grateful that you're here. Before we dive into this week's episode, I want to share something that I wish that I had when I first started out. So when I had this big dream of writing a book and I I didn't quite know how to do it, but I really had this dream of doing it. I barely had any social media following and all truth be told, I barely even knew how to post anything on Instagram. Fast forward to today, where I've got a best selling book. Thanks to you, you've made this podcast a top 1% podcast. And I have built my Instagram up to over 220,000 followers. Thank you. If you're following me there, I love being connected. So I want to share all the tips and tools that I've learned along the way, because you can learn two different ways. You can learn from your failures, which can cost you a lot of time, money, energy, or you can learn from the experiences of others who are exactly where you are and they are where you want to be. So I've put together a mastermind with experts in their field of publishing books, motivational speaking, podcasting, branding, and we're coming together and we're opening up our playbook and our little black books and we're sharing everything that we've learned so you can time collapse your journey from point A to point B. So if you're a success-minded female and you're ready to level up, if you're ready to increase your influence, impact, so you can make a bigger income, this is the mastermind for you. We kick it off in Dallas at a two-day event it's a year-long experience, and then we have another two-day event where you will get on stage, and you will get to share your message, and it's going to be videoed. We're going to have a photographer there, so you'll get lifestyle shots and stage shots. Just email me, Amberly at com. All this information is in the show notes, where you can also find truegritandgrace.com to get more details on the event, but email me if you're really serious about increasing your influence. We can get on a call and see if this is a right fit for you. So let's be unstoppable together. We need more female leaders stepping it up and having best selling books, getting on the stage and sharing their message. I want to help you every step of the way. So just email me again, Amberly, amberlylogo.com. And now on to the show. Hey, it's Amberly. Thank y'all for tuning in to True Grit and Grace. This week, I have someone that I have been wanting to have on the show for a long time. I have watched her work and admired her, been inspired by her. I have Nick Pigeon with us. And if you already know her, or if you Google her right now, you might actually even find out that she was the girl who made Elon Musk cry. <laughs> That's what's all over the internet but she is a leader with a high level network of clients and business friends. Y'all, she has generated with her clients that she has $25 million in the last five years for her clients. I mean, she is incredible with her courses, her masterminds. Not only that, she's a Hay House author, best-selling book. She's an award-winning positive psychologist. She's a not just once, but twice certified high performance coach and investor. She's the founder of the multi-million dollar brand, Unstoppable Success, the Positive Psychology Coast Academy certification, which I actually just signed up to be on that wait list, by the way. And her mission is to help millions of people change their lives through positive psychology and entrepreneurship. Nick,
1: Thank you so much for being on the show. It's so good to see you. It's so good to be here. I'm literally so happy to connect and what an intro. I appreciate you. And it just, it really lights me up when I hear about my mission, because that's what I feel like I do. It's not like a job or a business. It's literally mission every single day. You know what? I just got, can you see my goosebumps? I just got goosebumps
0: when you said that, because you know what I, I, what I see and I feel by everything that you share, either through your courses or when you're sharing with other women, um, our friend Dr. Aaron being one of them and just the things I've heard from her about you, is that your passion and that it's a mission, it's a movement, and you're not just bringing this to one person at a time, it's really a movement. And especially since you have created a certification to create this ripple effect for other women to carry on this legacy of yours, really. Um, But, you know, I think it's sometimes when people hear these big, fancy bios and they're Mm. like, oh, I could never do that. I've got so much... Trauma or baggage or troubles, or my circumstances aren't like hers. I just want to start by saying that, you know, this show is really about resilience and people's struggles to success. And I want to acknowledge you for all that you have overcome. You have overcome so much everything from being bullied to rape to friends that you've lost from suicide. And so how did you transform your grief and your suffering to a place where every time I see you, and even right now, you're just always smiling and a joy to be around. How did you transform the challenges and the tragedy into the happiness and the joy and the, the passion and drive that you have for life that you do today?
1: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And I think sometimes you see, like whatever you think of as success on the outside. And you're like, that person's done it so fast or they've gone so far. And actually there's so much work that goes on behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And I really recognize that my overnight success story was actually built and born from decades of commitment in a moment to do the thing that is going to further my growth. So you can take that on a business perspective, you can take it on a personal perspective, but I've always been fearlessly committed to growth and fearlessly committed to doing things that make me feel uncomfortable with the intention of, like, I always know that there's something good that's going to come out of it, even if it feels hard at the time, even if it feels scary at the time. And I think just having that trust in like the infinite possibility of the universe, having that trust that everything is always working out for our growth. And sometimes actually stopping myself from trying to figure out the how, I think that when you've got a lot going on, it's very easy to jump to, well, how can I fix it? Or what is the solution? Or what do I need to do next? And sometimes actually just being with yourself and sometimes just allowing and giving yourself grace and showing yourself compassion and committing to showing up as compassion and showing up from a compassionate place and with compassionate communication for all of the people who are involved, that has been a good practice for me because it's helped me over time raise my level of self-awareness it's really allowed me to almost be having an experience of my experience. Mm -hmm. So I'm not reacting to the things that happen to me anymore. Yes, things are hard, but I'm also able to take that step back and look and kind of be more reflective and get curious around what it is that I'm really learning through this. Mm -hmm. And that's from growth mindset in positive psychology. So we look at how we can actually find the gold within challenges and stop viewing things as that was a really bad experience. And this was a really good experience. All of it is growth. And there's some diamonds in there when we choose to look for them. Oh, gosh. Do you see me taking
0: notes over here? (laughs) Well, I mean, everything that you just shared, I actually, when we first jumped on the call, I was like, oh, I was really looking forward to just connecting with you because I was trying to film a video and I, I have to stop saying this that I say, oh, it's my least favorite thing to do is to record videos. And I'm just staring at myself on the screen. You know, like I got to get over that. And I have to look at that. How's this helping me grow? And nothing's easy at first, whether it is, you know, recording videos for a course or something or doing something even harder. And sometimes I even have to go, wait a minute, Amberly, I made it through 34 surgeries. I can record a two minute video, like stop. But I like that you look at it as a growth mindset. Like how Mm -hmm. can you find the gold within those challenges? So I would just like to know, like, when you're faced with a challenge, any sort of a challenge, and you're feeling like fear come up, what's the first thing that you do? Breathe.
1: <laughs> Breathe. So I think okay. The two, there's two um, practices that I have, I have like my consistent daily practice that happens no matter whether life is really really good or really really hard. So I practice a lot of Kundalini yoga, and I've been doing that for nine years now. So that is a practice that has helped me ground myself and helped me connect so much more powerfully with my own power, potential and purpose, and also higher power and potential and purpose as well. So that really helps me just be able to weather the storm on a daily basis. And then when I have those acute stresses, so if something happens and it's like a big thing and it's I'm panicking, or I'm in an anxious kind of physiological experience, then I would go to breath work immediately. So I'd go to breathing and really just slowing things down and really getting connected and present to the moment. And I'd drop into gratitude, I'd drop into what is good about the experience. And one of the things I come back to all of the time is that. Because we are finding the growth and the lessons in our life experience, when you look back, you can really recognize and honor how far you've already come and just how many resources we all already have, whether that's from being a mum and everything that you've learned and experienced in motherhood, or whether it is something like having been raped or having experienced grief and loss. Mm -hmm. Those things have helped me develop almost like an internal scaffolding where where I know I can support myself through situations and scenarios that feel really tough. Mm
0: -hmm. And actually
1: it's fueled my mission even more because now I can help other people see that and feel it for themselves too. Mm -hmm. I know,
0: you know, and I was just, Seeing that you being this highly successful entrepreneur, but all the things that you do daily, like your yoga and the breathing and the journaling, and you share that on your social media as well. Mm-hmm. And even the singing bowls, I yeah, see you with, lovely. I do too. And one of my best friends, Medita- Pamela Robbins with meditating with animals in LA, I miss her because I would go to her TP and get to do the singing bowls. And it was so grounding, but I think that's when I started to sort of kind of lose that feeling of peace and serenity when I would let things slip away. Just hearing your last podcast episode, actually, y'all, her podcast is amazing because you really share a lot of tips and tools, especially for women entrepreneurs. And you talk about like just time hacks, because I feel like now, especially people are going hybrid work, events are starting to happen again, productions are starting. One of my clients is going back at work and she's feeling anxiety and stress and stuff. And you really set aside a whole week every month and you set aside a day of work, right? On Fridays, you take Fridays off and you take a whole week off of Zoom.
1: Is that right? And that's not just me, that's our team so we 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 do our best at getting better all of the time at really integrating and living what we teach so we that's teach, amazing we teach positive psychology we teach success we teach ha- like the importance of well-being and the importance of health and the importance of relationships and for me and for the rest of the team we recognize like we actually do better work when we feel good So as well as it being an end to itself, because we all want to feel great, we want to have longevity, we want to enjoy our days, we also want to enjoy our days at work. We also want to thrive and perform better during our days at work. And the spaciousness gives us better opportunities to be able to do that. I
0: love that. And it's being able to create those spaces and your first hack was turn off notifications. And that's something that I have done, um, in the morning. I don't look at my phone because the minute I do, I, I don't know. I just get distracted before I go down the rabbit and I certainly don't open as much as I even want to some days don't open up Instagram. Cause you, I, I have been on Instagram before and all of a sudden I'm like, where did 30 minutes of my life just get sucked away from me where i'm not doing anything productive i'm scrolling and reading and going down a rabbit hole and so i love that your solution to that is just turn off notifications don't look at your phone first thing and and really put your priorities in check and you have non-negotiables
1: and what are some of your non-negotiables so it's the yoga Yeah. So I have gratitude as soon as I wake up and then I always do a meditation straight away. How long is your meditation? The first one that I do is somewhere between nine and 14 minutes. And you do it three times a day, right? Is it right? I do it three times a day. The first one that I do is literally as soon as I wake up. So it's like the first thing that I do is like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for this day. I am grateful in every possible way. Oh, I love that. That's like my- Wait, say that again. Say it again. Thank you. Thank you. you, Thank you. Thank you you for this day. I am grateful in every possible way. And even just those small moments of being like, whoa, it's kind of cool. I woke up and I'm in a comfy bed today because so many people don't have that. Mm
0: -hmm. And I think
1: it can feel like your world is crumbling if you've got something going on and you do have a personal- catastrophe and you going through loss or you're going through a breakup or whatever it is so those simple things just to recognize actually we have so much like we have so much and so you
0: know what when we have our health we have so much <laughs> because I, and I know health is a big thing to you I mean it's really big for you because you you've gone through a lot with mold and stuff like that mm-hmm. but before I forget, When you were talking, I just remembered something. I heard something you said, and this is the power that you have because you have such passion and light about you. And when you speak, I hang on to every word. And you had said something one time, I am fearlessly visible. I boldly shine my light. Yeah. So I heard you say that and I wrote it down and then I added God walks with me to the end of it. Mm-hmm. I love that. Thank but you I have say. that because I loved what you shared. That's powerful. Now I'm going to add that first one in, in the morning. I pray when I first wake up. So I got so excited about that. Sorry to, to interrupt. I want to know a little bit more about your morning ritual, because I'm always curious to know, and we all have different rituals that work for us, but what high, you know, peak performance, highly successful individuals, I love to know what they do in the morning. What do you do after you do your meditation? I will,
1: what I've actually started to do is have more like a, I guess like a menu of things So a collection, I used to be really rigid and I used to say, okay, I'm going to do gratitude, meditation, visualization, movement, mantras, spoken word. And that used to be my flow. And you can see that in my book, I've got like a recommended morning ritual. Now I'm more in the intuitive, um, like feeling what feels exciting for me and what feels aligned. So it might be, for example, I love 80s disco music. <laughs> I'm like, I do too. I it love it. It makes me it. happy. And it makes me happy as well. So that like brings a vibe into my morning. And I'll practice every single morning a Kundalini breathwork and meditation, which is a chant and it's a prosperity chant. And that one goes for about 11 minutes. So for me, it's been really powerful to do that Kundalini practice because it's very activating for your voice. And I think there's a lot, I mean, even with the bowls, it's sound healing that comes from the bowls and connects with your frequencies, but with the Kundalini chanting, it's like your own energy and your own voice that is like resonating and it feels very healing for me. It also feels like over the nine years of practice, it's really helped me with self-expression, and confidence and letting go of things that you don't even realize you need to let go of So more like an energetic shift. Mm -hmm. I also love shamanic shaking. So that is like shaking your whole body out and starting to bounce on the spot and then shake around to some like music and doing that whilst also like letting out, you know, when you breathe in and then breathe out and you sigh audibly letting out those sighs, because we store a lot of tension in our jaws. And over time, I've actually had to get injections in my jaw and in my temples, because I store so much tension there. So if we can sound and we can release those, I guess, tensions or frustrations, or so-and-so said this that annoyed me today, or actually I stayed quiet then when perhaps I should have spoken up, and now it's in my body. Instead mm. of out in the world, so I'm gonna make sure through shaking and moving your energy and then letting out these these audio, these sounds that you're releasing the energy so it's not staying in your body where it feels like or it might show as anxiety or it might show as stiffness. Yeah and you know
0: there's uh, the have you read the book The body keeps the score?
1: I have. You I love have
0: it. it's sitting on my I've wanted to read it. I just got it. It's sitting on my nightstand. Um, and it's so true. I didn't realize that I even had so much tension into my jaw until my dentist was like, uh, dude, we got to get you a night guard. You're grinding your teeth down to nothing. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, geez, wow. But all these things really do because our body does keep the store and, and score and that energy and, um, even maybe resentments and causes. And it really affects not just us and our health, but it also affects everyone around us. It affects the way that we lead. So I love that. It's not just you that does this. It's your whole team. You are such an incredible leader to, to, to do that for your whole team and to show others how to do that. Um, and I promise y'all we're going to get to the Elon Musk story. I love, I love that by the way, but I wanted to ask you, so you are talking and I am very passionate about this, that we do need to talk more about health in the workplace. And as entrepreneurs, like our schedules are, can be crazy. The hours are different. They're ever changing. It's a lot different from what I did before. And, um, if we don't put our health first, I mean, health is everything. If we don't have good health, we can't do the things that we want to do and we can't enjoy the things that we do have. So what was it that really got you so passionate about talking about not just health, but I also want to talk about the positive psychology that you're so passionate about too, but what, what was it so much about the health and being an entrepreneur? Did you have a moment where you had a big setback that caused
1: you to focus on that more? Or have you always been that way? A little bit of both. Like, I really believe that we shouldn't have to wait until we're terrified to take action. And I have found myself in spaces with my health where I have been profoundly terrified. And all I've wanted to do is just have some relief with the way that I felt So it hasn't been like, oh, I've got this health thing going on and whatever. I'm not going to do anything about it. It's been I feel so unwell and I just need to go and lay in bed. I don't know how I'm going to get through this next hour. And everybody around me telling me there's nothing wrong with you. And like, you're just tired. You're just exhausted. You're just working too hard. But I think you really know your own body. Mm -hmm. And I think because I really trusted myself and I trusted that I did know my own self, I was relentless in the pursuit of that relief to what I was feeling. So I later found out that I had mold poisoning and that was what was making me feel so bad. So that was definitely a, honestly, like I feel better now and I never thought I was going to feel better. So that has been a really big win for me. And on the, on the journey towards finding that out, it took me two years. It took me two years of going for different treatments and treating different symptoms and people saying, we've got it. We've finally got it this time. And it's your hormones or it's adrenal fatigue or it's your thyroid or whatever. And they were the symptoms, but actually the cause was the mold. And it's more common than you think. So mm. many people would have given up at the first, second, third, fourth or fifth hurdle But something inside of me was like, this is not normal for a 34-year-old girl to be feeling like this. So I think we all have to maintain our personal accountability and personal responsibility for looking after ourselves. I'd always had a interest in being healthy and I was a personal trainer for 10 years.
0: I didn't realize that part. Yeah. I was a trainer for 24 years. I love it. In fact, I still have like a handful of clients that I've had for 20 years that I just love. We still see each other on Zoom because I love them. You know what I mean? But yeah. So, so yes, I I think too, that when you are a trainer and you have a lifestyle of where you're moving your body and you... I think there's a lot to be said for working out because it really helps you monitor your energy levels. Look, one of my clients years ago, I was like, something's not right with you. You need to go get your heart checked. (laughs) That sounds kind of harsh, but I'm like, something's not right with you. But I was like, you're you're not recovering as fat. The next week I'm like, did you go get your heart checked? I was like, this isn't right. You're more out of breath. You're sweating more he had blockage in four valves. They admitted him into the hospital. So just by working out, we were able to catch that. And so could you tell a difference, not just the fact that you were like, Oh, this is not normal. I need to lay down and take a nap. But were you seeing a difference in your energy? Like when you would go out for a walk or you would work
1: out that sort of thing? It was everything and I've always worked out and I love it. It's something that gives me energy. It's something that gives me confidence. And it's like my meditation time, essentially, Mm -hmm. where I just switch off. And what I was finding was that even though I was doing those workouts, I was still feeling more tired afterwards. So I ended up actually completely changing the way that I worked out and also the way that I set up my day. So traditionally, I was a 5.30 a.m. get up and go girl, and I'd go to spin class next to Dr. Erin's house, actually. So I'd go to my spin class in the morning, I'd walk home afterwards, I'd be at my desk for 8 a.m. on Zoom calls, and I would be like on, going, going, going all day. And when I got my diagnosis and I started to like really, really look after myself, I made the decision I wasn't going to start work until 10 a.m. And actually, I was going to switch my personal training sessions, which was super hardcore, and my runs outside for Pilates and walking instead. And that was best for my body because I'd been doing things a certain way that was really pushing myself too hard, Mm -hmm. whereas with someone else, it might be the opposite. So it might be like they haven't been physically active enough. So they need to switch, not moving for additional physical activity. So I think- Thank you for saying that
0: because a lot of people be like, oh, maybe I'm just working out too hard. No. (laughs) Did you hear She's (laughs) like, maybe it's switching it. Maybe you need to move your
1: body more. Yeah, exactly. And Pilates is crazy hard. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy hard in a different way. Yes. So I've really loved that because it's made me find like different levels of mastery. And whereas I used to work out really early in the morning, like the 6.30 class, I now work out at three in the afternoon. So that's very different for me. And it's something that I had to really get comfortable with not making myself wrong for and not being like, oh, I'm failing because I'm not on Zoom at 8 Mm a.m. It was like, actually, you know what? I have created a life that allows me the luxury and the flexibility to be able to choose. And I'm celebrating the fact that I've chosen this for myself. Mm -hmm. And I can honestly say that I feel better than ever before now. And a year ago, I didn't ever think I was going to feel good again.
0: Wow. Well, you know what? That speaks to the compassion that you were talking about earlier. Like you, you said how important it is to show yourself compassion, give yourself some grace And that really is so much skill to being resilient, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to do that and do, do things differently. So thank you for sharing that, um, as someone who, and we've got a lot of listeners with chronic illness and stuff that, that means a lot just to hear you be your own advocate and how important it is to have that self awareness. Cause I think there's a lot of people that are getting burnout And I know you offer so many tips and tools to share with people how they, you know, to not get burnout, especially to a lot of women who are coaches or entrepreneurs. What do you suggest to, you know, some women who really have a lot of things they want to do, but they might be feeling stuck or they just might be feeling a little bit burnout in order to take those next steps to start being more successful. So they do have more free time, more freedom to spend with their family or kids or doing other things that they
1: love. Yeah. It's so cool. Like when I have students come work with me, I always start with lifestyle first. And I actually say like, when do you want to work? How much do you want to work? What's important for you? And some of our students, I remember one girl, she said, I only want to work between 6pm and 10pm at night, four hours. And that's it. I want the days off to do whatever I want and spend time outside riding my bike and being with my family. So I was like, right, cool. Let's create that version of a business for you. So I want everyone who's listening to know that you get to decide what it looks like for you. And I always say like, don't build a business that looks like mine. I think a lot of people are like, tell me what to do. Tell me how to do it like you. And I'm like, I don't want to. (laughs) You don't want to. So let's figure out what's important for you in terms of your personal values. Let's figure out what's important for you in terms of how you actually like to spend your day and your week. And let's design it based on that. So I think we've always got to start with the result first and work backwards with that vision in mind. And something that I told myself all the way through um, building a business or creating success, whatever that looks like, whether it's in a career or whether it is in entrepreneurship, is that rest is actually a business activity. (laughs) Do you know that my, my friend Tracy Litt, I don't know if you know who
0: Tracy Litt is, but we were doing a speaking event together. She was one of the other speakers and we were having dinner afterwards. And she said, I said, yeah, you know, rest has always been a little bit hard for me. I'm getting better at it, but it's something that I've had to learn to do. She goes, oh, I love rest. It's my business strategy. It's part of my strategy. And I was like, I took that to heart. I got myself a a ring that monitors how much sleep I get. I, I mean, so I feel like I needed to hear you say that as confirmation as well, because it I think growing up an athlete, a dancer, it was like, oh, resting is for the quitters, resting is for the week, you giving up, it was a negative, but when you switch it to it's a business strategy, I love to hear that. So is that what kind of led you to take in a day off in the week and a day off in a
1: month or a week off in a month. Yeah. And I think it was like just noticing how I was feeling through my days and noticing that, for example, after a long day on zoom all day, the next day I would still feel tired because yeah. I love everything that I do in my business. I'm like, yeah, like, well, on zoom, it's going to be great. But naturally just being present and being so focused on camera commands a certain level of energy so I was just starting to notice where I was feeling not my best. And I was starting to notice where perhaps I wasn't finding it as easy to get things done or I wasn't finding as much joy in the things that I used to. So it was almost like having that reference point of how do I want to feel and where am I not feeling that right now? And then I noticed on the weeks that I have off, I'm like so creative. I get all of these downloads and ideas and It gives me the spaciousness to allow things to land. So whilst there's space in the calendar, it doesn't mean that I'm not writing something, working on my book or having an idea about something that potentially wouldn't have even had the opportunity to come through because Mm -hmm. I was so busy doing all of the other things. So I think we have to really figure out what it is that's a priority for us And make sure that we're not bending to other people's priorities and we're looking at, okay, what are the most important things for me today and this week? And how can I make sure that I maintain progress towards those things and don't get sucked into someone else's priorities with your 50 emails or your 50 inbox messages until you're ready and you're ready to really go there?
0: Yeah. And you know what? I think that's very empowering too, because for a long time, I would feel pulled in a million different directions. And I was told, you know, always say yes, always say yes. But I think that knowing your values, knowing your priorities and sticking to them gives you the freedom that you want and crave. So that is valuable information. What does success mean to you?
1: I think success means for me being able to like really feel your day. Success means having the opportunity to choose. It means having the the freedom to choose. And then freedom is a funny word because a lot of people think of freedom as being able to do what you want when you want. But actually, what does that look like for you? Like, does it mean that you have financial freedom, which means that you can make choices without thinking? Or does it mean time freedom for you? And I just love being in the consistent questioning of that because success for me a few years ago looks very different to what success is for me right now. And I think that at each phase of growth that we go through in ourselves and in our life's experience, we have to really be ready to reevaluate and reimagine what that vision is. Mm -hmm. And I think too that
0: I'm glad you brought up that it can be different and it changes because we're always changing. But as long as we have the, you know, strong foundation of what our values are. But yeah, I think too, when you've gone through something like mold poisoning and you've really, you know, been on this pursuit of just to feel better physically, well, in every way, I'm sure it affects you. Everything I know for me, because I I was diagnosed with a supposedly incurable nerve disease, and it doesn't just affect me physically but the emotions that come along with it. So, success looks for me a lot different than it did before I was diagnosed with this. So, thank you for sharing that. Go Google her. Speaking of Googling her, you will find that she made Elon Musk cry. And I cannot wait to share that with my 14 year old daughter who is got the biggest love for Elon. She loves him so much that she even somehow convinced me to buy a Tesla, okay? That's how much she loves him. She She's gonna grow up and said that she's gonna work alongside him. So I can't wait for her to hear this, that you made him cry. Can you just share? First of all,
1: I love... When I, I heard the way you did it, but I'll let you share it. But go ahead. So it was back in 2013, and I was invited as a young entrepreneur to do a Google Hangout with him and Sir Richard Branson. And the production team had given me a list of questions to ask. And they said, Nick, you can choose from these questions, and you, you're going to ask Elon. So I looked at these questions. I was like, these are all terrible questions. I don't want to ask any of those. So I just chose one. And then at the last minute, I thought, I'm going to ask my own question. So the production team were kind of surprised when I said to him, Elon, I'm a positive psychologist and I'd love to know what is the hardest thing that you've ever had to do in business? So it's really speaking to this resilience and the grittiness that we have as humans But I was still surprised because I thought that he was going to give some sort of black and white answer. And he actually welled up with tears. And the production crew behind the camera were like, oh, my God. And they were like pointing towards the lens of the camera, which I was looking straight down. So I couldn't see him crying at that time. But he'd shared with us the story of um, needing to invest in either SpaceX or Tesla and having to choose which one to put the money into. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, when you have a business, it's like you've got babies. And I didn't want either one of my children to starve and die.
0: Yeah.
1: So It's true, right? You put, it's like you put all of yourself into <sighs> your creations and your mission and your purpose. And so he was faced with this hard question, And he decided that actually what he was going to do was he was going to take all of the money that he had and invest it all and split it across both companies. So he was really emotional when he was sharing that. And it actually taught me that it doesn't matter whether you are just starting out or whether you're a billionaire at every point in the journey, our experience is that we are going to get scared. And the result of that, decision that he made was actually both of those companies, both of those babies went on to thrive. So SpaceX and Tesla, as we know them now, like imagine from that hard emotional, raw place where he really had to dig deep in himself and say, like can, can I do this? Like how much do I believe in myself? So it was a really tender moment to experience with him and it feels like it was very special that he shared that. Oh yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I actually, um, the
0: first day that everything shut down and we went into the pandemic, I was doing all my interviews in person. Actually, Dr. Aaron was one of my first people that I was like, will you be on my podcast? And she's like, of course, girl. And so I was doing all my interviews in person And Mae Musk, his mom, uh, I had just read her book and I had met her at a dinner party and she agreed to be on the show. We had to switch it to Zoom and Zoom was glitching. It was going in and out and she hung in there like was amazing to stick. You know, we were both having trouble just to ask her questions about how she raised her kids and the kind of mom. She was an incredible experience, but I loved that you have this way about you that lets people feel like they can really share like what's going on with them, you know, because I think that people know you get it. And I don't know what made you decide instead of just psychology and one-on-one patients Going into like helping women build courses and build businesses and all that you do and your masterminds, what made
1: you decide to do that choice? There was quite a few steps in that. So I actually worked with one of my friend's mums in a business way back in probably around 2011, 2012. And she was the first woman entrepreneur that I ever met And I ended up going to lecture in universities and colleges on the entrepreneurship degrees through having worked in the business with her, but also from doing my positive psychology master's degree study and noticing the intersection between them both. So I think I have this very unique blend of having had a lot of business experience because my first business I launched in 2010. And since then, we've done like multi-millions of dollars and had probably multi-millions of problems along the way as well to learn from. So I just saw through her as a role model that this was a new way that we could do life and business. I also had so many experiences of and witnessing women being shot down or held back and experiencing it for myself and not just being held back by others, but also holding themselves back. So I saw that there was a huge potential for coaching and positive psychology and entrepreneurship to really be a vehicle to help women create more joy, more power within themselves and unstoppable success, both within us, but also within our lives and businesses too. So I took that energy and honestly, nobody, I I think a lot of us look and we say, I want to be over there. That's my vision. That's my goal. And all I've done over the last, however many years is take it step by step. And it's like holding the vision, trusting the process and continuing to move forwards. Even if it doesn't feel easy or if you don't feel like you've got it figured out, none of us are ever going to have it figured out. So you may as well just keep moving forwards anyway. Oh my goodness. You're saying that. And I looked over because
0: I actually have that Hold the vision, trust the process, written on a whiteboard next to me. I'm not kidding you. And I've always been one to tell others, like, hold the vision. And man, sometimes people forget, like, baby steps forward or still steps forward in the right direction. And a lot of times people won't believe in your vision, they won't understand it. Even the people that are closest to you. I mean, my nickname, people don't get upset by this, but It's a loving term of endearment now, but my husband would call me crazy. He'd be like, what's up, crazy? Like, because I always had these big ideas, big, you know, which he thought, what, how are you going to do that? And I remember the first course that I ever sold, I was selling for $12.97 and it was launching at the beginning of the pandemic. My launch date was March 16th on my birthday. And that's when 2020 Mm -hmm. everything shut down. And that was the unstoppable life course that I was launching when everything had literally shut down. And he's like, you're selling your course for $12 and 97 cents right when everything shut down. And I said, no, I'm selling it for $1,297. Like he just thought that was so like out there, you know what I I I mean? Yeah. But I think it's so important that we got to hold that vision and trust the process. And you help so many women get there by helping them create systems that work. And you also have this, I, I signed up for your certification for your positive psychology. So you have a lot going on right now. I want people to be able to learn from you because A lot of women are, they know they have this gift that they want to share, but they don't know how to build it. So I know, first of all, you've got courses that teach people how to do that. You also have masterminds. And I'm so big on masterminds, especially for women. Um, And it's funny, my mastermind is actually called Unstoppable Life Mastermind. So when I read what your success, you know, your whole thing in, in, Can people
1: sign up for your mastermind? Do you have one going on right now? Yeah. So we have the Unstoppable Success Accelerator, which is our level one mastermind, which supports women in scaling their coaching businesses. And our students are smashing through 20K, 50K, 100K months in that mastermind. Then we've got a level two, which is the Unstoppable Elite. And I feel like that's like Ocean's Eleven, but for coaching. (laughs) So it's a much smaller (laughs) mastermind, but it's um, the next level. So it's when you are going for the seven figure mark or when you're already there or you're at multi seven figures. And then I have the positive psychology coach academy certification, which is where you can get the qualification in coaching with the specialism in positive psychology too.
0: Oh, that is amazing. And you are so kind. You have given us a link for a free Book, how do oh, yeah. they get that? I mean, so, I'll put it in the show notes, but just tell
1: everybody how they get it. Yeah. So you can just go to nowisyourchancebook.com and we send out a free copy of the book. You just pay for your shipping. And we also have a companion journal as well, if you want to grab that. And it's been the best little tool book. Like it gets called the Bible for happiness because it's got everything that you need. It's got really simple interventions that you can just flick to and you can take a lesson or you can take a tool per day. I love that. I'm still taking
0: notes. That's why there was <laughs> <no pause. laughs> Thank you. You're so amazing. And then tell them I like, I think that, you know, I want to support women. I love how you support women. I love supporting women with incredible podcasts.
1: Tell them your the name of your podcast and where to listen to that. So podcast is the Unstoppable Success Podcast. And that's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. It's on all of the places that you would usually listen to your favorite shows. And I love making those episodes of the show super short. And a lot of them are like tactics and tools and like here's how you can go and get this particular result. Do these steps. And I really love recording those. Super fun. Yeah. I love
0: those that you have nuggets of eight minutes, 10 minutes or a little longer. Um, But I am telling you the best part of my podcast is getting to meet incredible people like you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Y'all please Take a screenshot, either if you're watching on YouTube or you're on your favorite, you know, podcast platform, take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram and yours is Nick Pigeon. Is there an underscore or anything? No, it's actually Nick Pidge.
1: Nick Pidge. (laughs) Okay. That's what, Um,
0: but you know what? Y'all spell it N-I-Y-C. Yeah. That if you just put that, it comes right up. up. Yeah. And, um, that'll also be in the show notes and, um, tag me Amberly Lago motivation. Joe, just show her some love for for sharing her wisdom on the show. And when I see that you've tagged me, I'll tag you, I'll share it in my story too. And just to make more and more people happy and successful. And so thank you. It has been a joy talking to you. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. It is literally my
1: joy. So thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. And thank y'all for tuning in. We'll see you next time.